0: 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday after the Cardinals' 27-21 win over the New York Giants. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, joined by Rudy Carpenter. This is the K1 Podcast. Kyler Murray, again, um, we're talking about a no-turnover game, which I think Most people would say that's the most important part of his game because it was a weird one in New York. It was rainy. Um, Chase Edmonds went crazy. There was a little running back controversy, but Kyler managed the game 14 for 21, 104 yards, took two sacks. We'll get into the guts of it later, but what were your overall thoughts, Rudy?
0: Well, yeah, I thought this was obviously an interesting game for Kyler Murray. Number one, you're on the road, number two, you're in a different time zone which is which is very difficult. I don't think people realize it. it is very difficult to play um in that situation, and then on top of that you're dealing with some elements with the with the rain and the wind and and in MetLife Stadium, you can get the swirling wind which can make it very difficult to throw the football and look obviously this game was about Chase Edmonds. it was about his 27 carries, his 126 yards and three touchdowns. but there was a lot of uh, a, a lot of things in this game with Kyler Murray. there was so much good that he did some great runs, some great throws. There was was some things that came up in this game that situationally were very, very bad. For instance, running out of bounds at the end of the game. There's a lot of different things that came up situationally. But again, one of the things that Kyler Murray did a great job of in this game was no turnovers. He did get sacked two times, but only for 15 yards. They were able to overcome some of their negative football plays. And like I said, one of the things I say on this podcast all the time is, when you're a quarterback, your, your your number one job is to make sure that four minutes to go in the game, you still have an opportunity to win. And over the last three weeks, or even more than that, Kyler's given his team that opportunity. And so, again, for 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 this podcast and for Kyler Murray, I think the development is steadily moving along. And I think probably the thing that is is the most recognizable so far, or or at least right now, is you can totally tell that Cliff Cliff Kingsbury is getting more comfortable with Kyler Murray. He's getting uh, more comfortable with how he can manage games and how he can call plays and set up plays that best fit Kyler
1: Murray. And that that does take some time. So I wrote in an article, I think two weeks ago, I I called him kind of a game manager and I, I know people use that term like in a negative way where it's a guy doesn't have much talent but he's smart like Drew Stanton you think of, game manager, has a long career, doesn't make mistakes, knows the offense front to back. But I see the same thing out of Kyler. Obviously he has a lot of talent, arm talent. Um his legs he can he's just dynamic in that way. But how we've seen him not turn the ball over, I think, and that's what they've beaten into him, I think that's the most positive development because I mean I'm watching Daniel Jones against Kyler and the Cardinals with three turnovers I think he had another fumble that wasn't turnover and then you watched last night on Monday Night Football Sam Darnold's admitting to seeing ghosts and throwing I think four interceptions and he just looked completely off and it scares you like these young guys are so vulnerable and they're put in these positions and um Overall, do you, do you see this as a positive win just from that standpoint where Kyler isn't overwhelmed? Well, I think any
0: win for Kyler Murray right now is, is a great win. A matter of fact, I think all wins, all losses, all ties are super important for Kyler Murray because every single game he's going to see a different defensive front. He's going to see a different set of blitzes. He's going to see a different set of coverages. He's also going to get a ton of live looks at different situations. And when I talk situations, I talk short yardage goal line, four-minute offense, two-minute offense. Backed up. Different situations that are very, very good for Kyler Murray. Look, Kyler Murray's stat line this year isn't something that's great. He's only throwing at a 66% completion percentage. It's not bad, but it's not—it's obviously not great. He, he only has seven touchdown passes. He has four interceptions. His QBR is 56.3. But the point is, is that... You, you don't mind it right now because what, what makes Kyler Murray great is his ability to run the football. He's explosive. He has the ability to really throw the football. He can make every single throw you need. He's creative. He can change his arming. He can do all of those things. But like we've seen with guys like Jameis Winston or other guys who are creative, they tend to turn the ball over a lot. So sometimes what makes a guy like Kyler Murray great is what is, what is his biggest detriment. And so we've seen it sometimes this year where he tries to play hero ball or he tries to be a Superman and, and he turns the ball over. And so what we're seeing right now is them trying to confine him, trying to call plays that 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 will help him, trying to help manage him the best that they can while keeping their team in games. But what this is going to do is It's not going to crush his confidence. He's going to keep on getting better every single game and every single year. And I think over the coming years, you're going to see the Cardinals organization as a whole slowly start to take the handcuffs off him once they start to trust him more. And really, once he starts to trust himself more, and I think we're going to see you know, obviously some some big explosive Kyler Murray-like plays that we've seen when he was at Oklahoma. But also, they're going to need to, you know, bolster this roster around him. Obviously, David Johnson is still hurt. They're kicking the tires right now in a couple of different running backs. Chase Edmonds, maybe a guy that deserved a little bit more playing time. Isabella got his first catch. But they're going to have to keep on developing these young guys and, and, and keep on, you know, obviously developing these offensive linemen. But again, this was a game that two things stick out. When the Cardinals don't get behind and they can, they can be a, a, a football team that can run the ball, throw the ball, play action, it's so much better for them. I mean, Chase Edmonds had 27 carries. That's something the Cardinals need to do, whether it's with Chase Edmonds or it's David Johnson. They need to commit to the run game to take a load off Kyler Murray. He only had 21 pass attempts. It's just impossible to do that when you get down so early in games. So for the Cardinals this year to win, this is the kind of football they need to play. Efficient, no turnovers, limit negative plays score touchdowns in the red zone
1: we'll get into the run game and how that helps them in a little bit i just wanted to ask i think it was the Bengals game where they were right at the goal line right before halftime seven seconds left and cliff just went for the field goal even didn't take a shot and that was to you that was like i don't want to put my rookie quarterback in a bad position i'm not sure i trust him yet let's just take the three points um they, I think they only threw it four times in this rainy weather this weekend, and they said like it was raining pretty good. Do you, do you think if they had a veteran quarterback or if Kyler Murray was a year down the road in that same situation, they would have used him a little more? Do you think they were protecting him, or do you think it really was just a rain... Base situation.
0: Yeah, if it's, I mean, if it's, in my opinion, I think it's a total rain based situation. Again, I've played in New York, that place is very difficult to play. Like I said, when you're inside the stadium, the wind swirls, it can be very difficult to um, be accurate with the football. And then on top of that, Every week, there's so many different game balls. So I think sometimes fans think there's like one or two game balls you use, and the quarterbacks love the balls and get to pick them. I mean, there's literally like 24 different game balls, and they're constantly being rotated in, and they all feel different. And so at times, it can be very, very hard uh, to snap the ball, secure the snap, and throw it. Um, As we saw in that game, it did lead to some Giants turnovers. The NFL emblem on the ball is huge, and it can make the ball very slippery as well. So look, I do believe that in this situation, it was more of a weather a weather situation. But I think the positive that came out is, I think maybe now this coaching staff and Cliff Kingsbury realizes that maybe they can just run the football and win football games.
1: I saw Jeff Schwartz, he, he played offensive line. I mean, he was going through some tape on Twitter. And what did you see out of Cliff's play calling as far as the complexity and what he's asking the linemen to do? Because like we talk about Kyler all the time, but this, this is really opening up... The run game where they 're not just running it up the gut like a million times they well, they 're stretching they 're pulling guys
0: well that 's what that 's what Jeff Schwartz was talking about on twitter and and what Jeff was talking about was some was some intricacies in the run game that they clearly made for this week. They saw some things on film that they thought they could hit the New York Giants on some of that was scheme, some of that was formation, some of that was shift in motion and so a couple of the plays that Jeff was talking about was where the where the Arizona Cardinals really really utilized the tight end in the blocking scheme which hasn 't been a big thing for them and they were running some outside zone plays and some pin and pull plays where it's hard to say on a yeah. podcast, but, but look, tight ends are getting up to the second level. Uh, tackles and guards are pulling to, to down guys, but also pulling to, to linebackers. But what you could really see in that film was Cliff Kingsbury and the run game coordinator doing a really good job creating one-on-one matchups and creating positive numbers in their direction, meaning not running
1: the ball into unblocked defenders. And that's kind of the thing with Cliff in general, whether it's run or passes, it's about numbers and matchups. And he says matches matchups a lot. But a lot of times like these big explosive plays that we've seen in both aspects of the offense have been there like three guys on the field doing nothing like on the defense that they're setting this up. Right? Yeah,
0: I think I think really when Cliff you know gets all of his personnel in here and he gets this offense rolling the way that he and Kyler Murray wanted to, I think it's going to look a little more similar to what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing, where you have a lot of deception, a lot of this deceit, kind of uh, horizontal. I'm sorry lateral movements where wide receivers and running backs are moving from sideline to sideline and it makes the linebackers and secondary really stretch the entire field. It makes them cover every single blade of grass and then you can run some of your inside run plays, play action, you're pulling the ball and now you're throwing... uh, you know, seam routes or balls in the middle of the field to tight end type bodies or even slot receiver type bodies, something we see Patrick Mahomes and Jason Kelsey do regularly. And so it's just going to take some time for this Arizona Cardinals team and Cliff Kingsbury to get that personnel in here and or develop that personnel. That's why they brought an Isabella in here, a guy who can really, really run. Not only can he take the top off the defense horizontally, but also, uh, Uh, laterally, he can make these defenders cover sideline to sideline, which really opens up huge zones in zone defense. And if you want to play man-to-man against him, it's very, very difficult to cover that speed. And so the Arizona Cardinals, I just think once they can get Isabella developed where they want to, Hakeem Butler, they can get a healthy Christian Kirk, they can get a healthy David Johnson and a healthy Chase Edmonds and get this offensive line figured out. I think Cliff and Kyler can have success. It's just going to be about limiting negative plays, especially on first and second down, and obviously limiting the turnovers. This team right now, and probably in the near future, most teams actually aren't good enough to overcome turnovers, especially when you're a team that up until a couple weeks ago was one of the worst teams in scoring offense in the red zone.
1: I want to talk about the first drive where they had a lot of jet sweeps. Isabella was used. Does that really matter when it's just one drive, but it sets up kind of the rest of the game where I think there were two separate horizontal plays where it just stretches the field does that make it that much easier from then on
0: yeah you 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 I think you hit the nail on the head here and, I, and it's, it's it's actually an argument you hear a lot in the in NFL circles it used to be that you would hear people all the time said you have to establish the run game to be able to play action pass and For me, I I disagree with that. I don't think you have to run for 100 yards or run for 60 yards or run for 200 yards to make people think that they have to defend the run and bring a safety down in the box, create numbers that gives you better matchups in the past game. I think just the idea of running the football, just the idea of jet sweeps with Isabella, just the idea of running him sideline to sideline, you can't just not cover him. You can't just let him go. So you, you have a defender on that defense who is responsible for him. And if you can identify who is responsible for, in, in, for Isabella and make him widen in some of those jet sweeps. You can attack that same zone in that area where that defender is leaving and throw, throw the ball in that area. And so I think that's ultimately what Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals are trying to do. They're trying to put Isabella out there. Everybody in the NFL knows he's fast. They want him to take the top off the coverage. They want him to run laterally and make defenders cover. And it makes the defense – all week long in practice, prepare for it. That takes away practice reps from practicing against other things. And a lot of times with offenses and schemes and game plans, you're trying to put things on film to force your next opponents to practice and rep those things, even if it's not going to be in your next game plan.
1: And they have a couple weeks where Isabel is probably in guys' game plan, even though he's only playing a couple snaps at the start. Um, Let's talk about the two plays that kind of stood out as mistakes for Kyler the first one um 11 minutes about left in the second quarter and it was third and five Kyler ran around had a couple opportunities to get rid of the ball didn't got sacked 15 yards there at the four their own four yard line and then obviously got a blocked punt and New York scored and that kind of changed the tone of the game after they had built that big lead what did you see on that is that just Get rid of the ball. Well,
0: yeah, there's a bunch of things. So, number one, when you're in a backed up situation, um, you're on the one yard line, the two yard line, the three yard line, whatever it may be. I know they were further out. But when you're in a backed up situation, the idea is, as an offense, the whole goal is it's not to score. The goal is to get one first down. You just want to get one first down because if you get one first down, that creates room for your punter to be able to punt the ball without his heels being on the back end line and obviously kick it and try to change field position. And so with Kyler, he needs to understand he can't take a sack in that, in that uh, part of the field and force his punter to be backed up with his heels on the line. Obviously, if Kyler would have thrown it away, they would have been in a much better situation. But what it does, not only is your punter's heels on the back line, but it's also a much shorter area for the defense to rush and try to block the kick. Usually they have, you know, however far they are, however deep they are, that is cut down when you're, when you're in a backed up situation because the punter can't go stand out of bounds and so obviously that really hurt. I, I always I always uh, hate to blame and say, oh well if Kyler Murray would have thrown the ball away, that punt wouldn't have got blocked. No, the punt got blocked because the punt scheme was, yeah. was a bad scheme, but he did put a bunch of undue pressure on his punt team and on his punt uh, scheme because most of the time when a team is backed up like that, they're not going to call a punt return. So there, there are three types of, of punt returns. You have you have safe punt return where your defense is out there and you're just kind of kind of watching for a fake punt. And you have a punt returner back there. Then you have punt block where you are all out going to uh, try to block the punt and you're, usually your returner is just going to fair catch the ball. He's not going to try to run it. Then you have punt return where you're not trying to block the punt. You're trying to set up a return. And in that situation, they had all out punt block on. They got it blocked and they obviously scored a touchdown. That's a very difficult situation for Kyler. But... Like I said, every game and every situation he sees is going to be a good learning uh, moment for him. And and in film, that situation for him, I'm sure they're going to watch a million times and talk about a million times and probably even go over in their walkthrough a million times and get Kyler to throw that ball away. And the best thing is is he's learning while they're winning games.
1: The other one, third and 10, um, he was running for it and he wasn't going to make it. He kind of knew it. Two minutes, nine seconds left um, at the Giants' 17-yard line. And obviously, he ran out and reacted because he knew suddenly, like, oh, wait, I shouldn't have done that. Um, anything there?
0: Yeah, that was a really bad play, too. And and, and again, that's just something that Kyler's going to get better at. He's going to see. And to me, that's an overthinking uh, situation I would bet for Kyler. He's been told so many times, hey, man, get down, get out of bounds, get down, get out of bounds, get down, get out of bounds. And he probably like, I couldn't get down. I'm going to get out of bounds. And when he gets out of bounds, he realizes the situation in the game, and it's not a good situation. And so that's why I'm always cautious with with his coaches and the organization and people in the media constantly on him about protecting his body. Kyler Murray's been a runner his entire life, and he's never had a serious injury. It is what it is. He needs to play full speed and play confident. If he gets hurt, that's part of the game. It's one of the areas that a guy like Russell Wilson has been very, very good at. We see it every week with Russell. He scrambles, he takes off down the sideline. We're always taught to put the ball in our outside hand. Every time Russell has the ball in his inside hand, he's reaching for the first down marker. Deshaun Watson does it all the time, too. A ton of times we see Russell Wilson running around, take off, purposely cut back, stay in bounds, and take a hit sometimes to keep the clock running. And so, again, I guarantee it's a situation that they're going to talk about. They probably talked about it right there on the sidelines. They probably talked about it in the locker room when the game was over. They probably talked about it on a long plane ride home. They probably talked about it again in the meetings uh, on on Monday. And so, But again, these are all really good situations for Kyler to learn from. The only problem is is he had a similar situation against the Bengals where he was trying to get a first down and didn't with the ball, obviously, uh, behind him. So, Look, I think he, he might, they might have gave it to him, actually. they yeah, they repeated, did. But uh, you would like to see him, obviously, take some of those coaching points uh, from week to week and not make the same mistakes twice.
1: Should be noted that Cliff actually kind of took the blame, which is always good when he just, just said, I didn't tell him over the headset, like, don't run out of bounds, because I think that's always an option where he's going to run. So that was, that was nice. And he's obviously, their relationships, that's, that's good that Cliff takes so much blame. And beyond that, like, he's talked about it, like, everything's on Cliff his play calls are his bad the red zone issues are his bad the offensive line having a rough start to the season he'll take the blame for that and I think that's good
0: yeah I mean all of that stuff is good I mean obviously when you can protect your quarterback it, it obviously will help him and it'll help his confidence as a player when you know your coach has your back it's it's really a, a one of the best feelings in sports because this is a a environment where it's so easy for people to turn their back on somebody and just blame you and and move on this is a CYA business and It's great that Cliff obviously isn't doing that. It is true that there is the headsets, and so Cliff can give him all of these situation coaching points knowing that in Kyler's first year, he probably has a million things going through his mind. He's trying to get guys lined up. He's trying to call the play. He's trying to communicate. He's trying to ID the defensive front. He's trying to see the play clock. He's trying to see the coverage. He's trying to get the protection set. And sometimes the last thing you think about is, what's the situation in the game and how am I going to handle this? So, of course, that can be a situation where Cliff calls the play and after he calls the play in his headset, he just reminds Kyler, hey, whatever you do, stay in bounds here. And obviously, that's something that I'm sure Cliff has a high expectation for for himself. And I wish he he I would have
1: reminded him on that because it's easy to do. We're talking before this. I mean, three wins against three pretty bad teams. Um, you'll take them. I'm sure the Cardinals are happy to take them. They haven't had a three-game win streak since 2015. But now looking ahead, Saints just sta- Saints this weekend. I mean, they might have Drew Brees back. Teddy Bridgewater probably is playing, I don't know. He's playing really well. He looks like a, his old self starting quarterback. I don't think that matters as much as people might. That's going to be the storyline this week. Um, What do you want to see against Saints and then 49ers are up twice in the next three after that?
0: Well, I mean, look, there's no question about it. When you talk about the Saints, the 49ers twice, you you are talking about really uh, two of these three teams they're playing in the next four weeks are teams who think have a chance for the Super Bowl. The Saints think they're a Super Bowl contending team. The 49ers think they're a Super Bowl contending team. I mean, they're going to get their best effort. We're going to see, you know, really what this Cardinals team is and and really— you know how good they are and how much they've improved. I say it all the time. This is the NFL and the NFL, it's very hard to win games. You should never apologize for a win. You can only play the team on your schedule. But again, the Cincinnati Bengals are winless. The Falcons have one win and the Giants have two wins. So there's three wins between those three teams. All wins the all all teams the Cardinals beat. And by that matter, all of these games were one-score games. So it wasn't like the Cardinals were really playing great. But again, this is a three-game win streak. They haven't had this since 2015. They're feeling good. Football is a, is a game that is so much about confidence and chemistry. And right now, their confidence and their chemistry is going. And for all we know, they might be able to, to, to upset you know one of these teams, the Saints or the, or, the, or the Niners. Obviously, their best chance at a win is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: That's Rudy Carpenter. I'm Kevin Zimmerman. You have anything else I should probably ask you that? Nope.
0: A couple Th- of good games coming up for the Cardinals will be a it'll be a good test to really see like I said, you know, the the Cardinals, the, the 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 Cardinals have some tough games. I mean, it's not it's it's not it's not easy going on the road put it that way, and so they got a couple of these games that are on the road. It's going to be difficult.
1: I think we're going to find out how good this team really is, and it is nice that they got three relatively easy opponents to kind of get that confidence up so we can see them playing at their best. I'm Kevin Zimmerman. That's Rudy Carpenter. Thanks for listening.